Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. What happened to the tractor that was driving down the road, tripping on acid? What? He turned into a field. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And from American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that equips you to win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from filmmaker Spike Jones. And coming up, pop duo Tennis, The Biggest Losers, Drinkable Artichokes, and Happy Birthday, The Band. But first, time for small talk. All week long, you've been hearing this. Bill Daly has just been uh, named the new White House Chief of Staff. Goldman Sachs has invested $500 million in Facebook. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi hands over the gavel to John Boehner. Now for something you haven't heard, we're speaking with Andrew Womack. He's editor of themorningnews.org, the online magazine. Andrew, what story are you going to be talking about at your dinner parties this weekend? I'm going to be talking about Boring 2010, which was held last month in London. It's a conference whose goal was to bore its audience to tears for seven hours. (laughs) And the purpose of that was what? The conference was in reaction to the cancellation of another conference called the Interesting Conference. (laughs) The organizer of Boring 2010 uh, sent out a tweet saying that someone should hold a boring conference, and then 50 people signed up. So what kind of stuff happened at the Boring Conference? Because I guess you can't make it too, you know, exciting where the conference ends. Well, included in the seven hours of utter monotony would have been one talk called Like Listening to Paint Dry, where the speaker just listed names of paints out of a paint catalog. Damson Dream, Dayroom Yellow, Dead Salmon. Okay, we'll just stop you right there. How did it go over? Were they... People appropriately bored? Yes. Apparently it was a massive, boring success. <laughs> you know, some, some corporation's going to sponsor this next year. <laughs> Who would want to sponsor a boring... Who would I guess like a heart medication or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Womack, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And now, time for what I hope will be very exciting cocktails. Once again, we tell you about something that happened in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history's a wrinkled shirt being ironed with steam made from booze. (laughs) Perfect for wearing around the office. That's right. In 1962. Uh, First, the history. This week, back in 1971, the Washington Generals basketball team won a game. Now, most folks at your dinner party won't know why that was a momentous occasion. Our friend Michelle Philippi is here to explain. The Washington Generals were born to lose. See, the team was founded in 1952 for one purpose, to play the Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem, of course, is famous for clowning around on the court and sinking amazing trick shots. But they need a chump team to play. The Washington Generals are the chumps. Led by owner and former player Louis Red Klotz, the team isn't always called the Generals. Sometimes they're the Boston Shamrocks or the New Jersey Reds, but they're all the same team and they always lose. Except on January 5th, 1971. That day, the Globetrotters were having so much fun on the court, they lost track of the score. With two minutes to play, they were down by 12. Harlem battled back, but Klotz himself made the final shot in overtime, and the New Jersey Reds won by a point. The crowd booed. Klotz says it was like he'd, quote, killed Santa Claus. But was the game rigged? Both teams insist they always play to win. 
One thing's for sure, the generals never won again. They've now lost over 13,000 times. So that was the history. Now for the drink to serve along with it. I'm speaking with Eric Holzer. He is the owner and bar maestro at Wisdom in the general's sometimes hometown of Washington, D.C. Eric, you heard the history. What cocktail does that inspire you to make? I uh, created the Eternal Optimist. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess they are. And uh, there's a lot of meaning in, in this. Chose as the base Leopold's American Small Batch Whiskey since basketball is an American sport. All right. And then um, Benedictine liquor. Really? Why? Benedictine's um, celebrating its 500th anniversary, and the team's lost over 13,000 times. So I wanted a, a liquor that had some staying power. <laughs> no matter how bad things get, it's still there. There you go. Then we, uh, we squeezed fresh lemon juice. Okay. And then half an ounce of Chinar, artichoke liqueur that's a bitter liqueur, which uh, I thought was fitting for people that have lost 13,000 times. And, you know, artichoke liquor makes sense because the team itself chokes <laughs> yeah. pretty often. you got to tell me, by the way, as a Washington, D.C.ite, do you get just a little bit of pride that your team fails so spectacularly? Yeah, I mean, you know, anything we're doing is worth doing right. Now, Rico, if any town knows about two teams playing an endless game with a predictable outcome and claiming it isn't rigged, it's got to be D.C. <laughs> The district. Uh, it's true, except in the game you're talking about, we are all the generals. Except for the actual generals, but yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone who goes to our website is a winner because that's where you'll find all our cocktail recipes. It's dinnerpartydownload.org. Guests of honor this week are Patrick Riley and Elena Moore, the husband and wife duo Tennis. Their new album is called Cape Dory, which is also the name of a boat you bought two years ago? Just heading two years. Two years ago, and uh, they proceeded to live on that boat for seven months and banged around the East Coast. How did that happen? So when I was younger, my dad had like a bonus one year, and uh, he decided to take us out sailing. And uh, I grew up in Arizona, so that was quite an adventure for us. From then, it was just locked away in the back of my mind that one day I would own my own boat and uh, I would just sail away to uh, like the Caribbean or paradise. So so on the boat, you crafted these songs. Was that part of the plan always? We didn't necessarily craft them entirely on the boat. What really happened is it was birthed out of nostalgia. The sailing trip had concluded. We moved back to Denver. We ran out of money, and we were really nostalgic for what we had. And with everyone else, we would meet like our coworkers and our friends and be like, you don't understand, a month ago, it was nothing but us and dolphins. show we have two standard questions first one is uh what question are you tired of being asked you want to take that one elena yeah why did i name so many of the songs after places like geographic locations um that was really a surprising question to me because when you're sailing your geographic location doesn't mean anything abstract it has a very like real personal quality i actually know the indigenous creatures and I know the type of bottom and the tides and you have to know that in order to be safe. Okay, well our second question is, tell us something we don't know. 
before we became rock stars, so to speak, um, <laughs> we kind of led this life of like simplicity. We got rid of our cell phones, we got rid of internet and everything like that. And uh, it's kind of a paradox right now because we get kind of thrown into the other realm where uh, the music industry right now, you have to have this fancy cell phone, you have to have the internet, and like we are slow people. Well, here's a hint. Maybe you guys shouldn't write catchy pop songs. I you know. know. Maybe you should have dabbled in avant-garde, off-putting. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> yeah. So Rico, I think I figured out a way those guys can have their cake and eat it too. All right. All right. Th- I think they need to change their name from tennis to shuffleboard and get a job on a cruise ship. <laughs> they can play music. They can sail the seas. It sounds wonderful, except uh, I don't think they really want cake. <laughs> Good point. Just a simple, wholesome bread for them. Thank Gruel. you rule for tennis. That'd be fine. <laughs> Folks, that is the dinner party download for this week. Thanks to Jackson Musker, Vahan Baladuni, and Ezra Feinberg. And now we leave you with One for the Road, a song to listen to heading to or on your way home from this weekend's dinner party. Happy birthday. Thanks. It's actually the name of a band, not a greeting. Rico. But, it, uh, but it is my birthday this weekend. Really? It really is. <laughs> this We sit too far apart from each other in the office. Well, it's true. Well, the band Happy Birthday has a new album coming out on Sub Pop later this month, and here's one of the songs. It's called Girls FM. By the way, I do have a Facebook page where you can check on my birthday. Yeah, but you have to friend me so I can see it. <laughs> bon appétit. Baby, baby, just please change your mind. Maybe we'll understand love at the end of time. And the answer won't be hard to find when it's gone now, baby.
I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. Hey, guys. Keeler's outside on the court. You ready for that pickup game? Yes, Kai. Can we win this time? Nope.